Welcome to the Spiritual Executive Podcast with Sajal Shah, here to help conscious creators thrive in the world of work. They find their bliss by allowing the best of themselves to shine. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how do I handle crippling anxiety at work? Now, this comes up time and again for the spiritual executive, perhaps because they carry such a sense of awareness of their impact and also the responsibility they have for bringing their teams together and delivering for the company. So here's the situation. These are some of the elements that come up when there's crippling anxiety. Very often there is insomnia. And so what happens is they might fall asleep quickly, but then come 2 a.m., they suddenly find themselves startled and awake. Nothing they do gets them back to sleep. And all the well-meaning routines of a warm drink, of essential oils on pillow, of having something that's soothing as music, all of those things, they just don't seem to connect. So with that lack of sleep, they then crash at the weekend and find they're trying to catch up or it's holidays where they're just living for those. And that's when their body can reset. You can manage and function this way for a short period of time, but in the longer term, you just cannot handle the pressure of that way of sleeping. And this feeds into the next element when you're not sleeping well, your judgment goes. What that means is that things you would handle with ease and take in your stride, they put you on the back foot. You might get more irritated with colleagues. There might be an element of fear in your decision-making so that you second-guess yourself. You doubt if you're making the right step. And that means you actually slow down your performance. In this state of crippling anxiety, the element that no one seems to really talk about much is the loneliness. It feels like no one understands. You're left there with the weight of other people's expectations on you at work and at home, perhaps. But it feels so incredibly lonely because who can understand this feeling of being frozen, this powerlessness that hijacks you and your body. There's such a a gap there that then adds to the feeling of vulnerability. Put this into the background context when you have performed well and have done exceedingly well, your expectations and those of people around you would be that you are performing like Superman and should be able to sustain that over time. How do you compare those two ways of being if your performance was so stellar before? That's a lot to live up to. So I've painted a picture there for you of what it's like to have crippling anxiety. If you're listening to this, you are possibly already well aware of this. You've been there with it. 
let's talk about the practicals. What do you do? So there's a, an outer practical of how you handle it in the workplace with people around you. And then there's an inner practical. Let's talk about the outer. In the outer, the most important thing is to speak to someone whom you trust in your work. Hopefully this can be your line manager because they are responsible for you and your performance. So it does fall back to them. So finding that friendly ear, it's then about managing workloads and pressure points. There will be demands on you in terms of your work, but if someone can help rearrange that and reduce the number of priorities to what is essential, that's going to give you a bit of breathing space. The other thing to do with this person is to meet regularly. One conversation is not going to be enough. This is a process that would benefit from being managed. Now, the downside of this is being seen as weak and how that could set you back in your standing. Hopefully we're at a stage, given everything that's happened, in recent years around mental health at work, that that is not sustainable. If that is the attitude being taken by your line manager or the company you're working for, it's worth questioning whether it is for you to stay there because you're not going to be best served by someone who does not understand what it means to be human. That's the practical Let's talk about the inside job, which is really what I would suggest is the priority. Now, a lot of people in the industry talk about control. You need to control how you react. You need to handle your emotions better. You need to practice mental routines that will help you compartmentalize and regulate these turbulent emotions. There might be a rationalization process involved or just using a stoic self-control. Now, all of those do work. They work to an extent. However, they don't give you the full ability to move into freedom that is possible. I'm going to give you a visual metaphor for looking at how all of these options might work out for you. And this is the visual metaphor. If you came across a house that is burning down, you have three options. One is to sit back and watch the house burn down. From my perspective, that is what control achieves. Anytime you try to control your emotions in the face of crippling anxiety, you're sitting back and watching the house burn down. You're trying to manage how you react through an exposure to that situation. It works to an extent. There is a long-term cost to your physical health. Think of adrenaline overloads. There's also a cost to your mental health. It's requiring you to really dig deep and draw on strength when you're already weakened. That's option one. Let's talk about option two. This is 
to walk away from the burning house, what that means is you distract yourself. A number of people talk about the healthy benefits of exercise, and it is a helpful approach in managing your mental health, not denying that. I wouldn't want you to stop doing exercise because it is an important part of physical well-being. But in this metaphor, walking away from the house, burning down, is distracting yourself. And when we exercise, we will do something that is unrelated to our work and the triggers there will generate those feel-good endorphins. We'll bring them back to the burning house situation. So over time, that improves our resilience and our ability to be with the conflict and the conflagration. It works, and it works better than control from my perspective. Here is option three, which is, in my view, the most powerful thing you can do. Put the fire out. Emotionally, the way you do that is to deal with your demons. The reason that you are reacting in ways that are unhelpful to the work situation and the work stress is that there are habits and experiences from the past that have formed that set of responses. We are creatures of habit and experiences and events that have happened in the past have conditioned us to react in a particular way. Let me give you a sense of how this might work with using something like emotional freedom techniques. EFT, as you may know, is a way to gently, kindly melt away that stress response. And if it's done effectively, that goes away lastingly. I um, have been through experiences that at the time were significantly traumatic for me. And having erased those from my being, I still retain the clear memory of them, but I don't have that negative response to what happened. Let me share a story with you about a recent client whom I helped. They came to me seeking help for insomnia. They were in a leadership role and they said that they would wake up most nights around two o'clock and they couldn't settle back into sleep. So then they'd be eyes wide open and getting really challenged to be present at work and be present with family when there was free time. The key thing that was really difficult for them was this lack of sleep was giving rise to paranoia. And they knew it and they could see it in themselves. They knew it wasn't the best of themselves, but it meant that they were fearful about what could happen. They had irrational suspicions about the motives of people they worked with. They were looking for who might be trying to pull the rug from under their feet. And they did not like how this was making them. When someone feels that way. They cannot function in a team. They cannot lead a team. And this person was in a large scale leadership role. What we did first was to calm the symptoms so that they could get more sleep. It didn't fully resolve the issue, 
But in that first session, we worked on what was triggering them to wake up at two in the morning. And then I taught them a simple routine they could practice to relax their adrenaline response. EFT is fantastic for calming cortisol. And there is good quality research in published journals about the high effectiveness EFT has in quickly within an hour, significantly reducing cortisol levels. And cortisol is a stress hormone. And then in sessions two to three, we worked on key triggers from the past. And what really was happening was there were experiences from their childhood and early adulthood that had put them on a certain course, a sense of feeling responsible for siblings, for being the caregiver, for having to take on more on their shoulders when there were people in the family who were absent, who could have taken charge, who should have been there. And as we melted those away, they started relaxing more and more. And then come the fourth session, that was when they said, the insomnia is gone. I'm sleeping fine and I'm able to manage in my job. So that was incredibly easy. Within a period of three weeks, we'd resolved that. And they were committed to doing that emotional work and allowing in our sessions for that vulnerability to come up to be peacefully eased so that it did not overpower them. This is the most effective way I know of handling crippling anxiety at work. It's when we put out the fire and we're not trying to control or manage it. It's far easier than you might expect. And it doesn't have to be an intense level of exposing yourself to a cruel past. It doesn't have to be very harsh. In effective hands, EFT can be incredibly quick, gentle and easy. I hope that's helped you. I look forward to sharing more ideas to inspire you with.